Wonderful. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Hey, why don't we just stay standing for a moment? I just want to take this moment just to pray if we can. I want us to pray for Israel. Can we do that right now? I want to believe God for the nation of Israel. Uh, any war or conflict is, you know, there's always innocent people on both sides that, you know, are getting killed. And uh, the atrocities, just looking at stuff this week, I actually made myself watch some things this week just so that it could get in my heart um, and understand what was really going on over there. And I, I don't have the time this morning to really get into the whole detail of who's right, who's wrong and all that sort of stuff. But any country that invades another country or terrorist group that attacks another country is not a good thing. Hamas is a terrorist group and they have attacked um, Israel. And, uh, and it doesn't mean all Palestinians are bad or everyone who lives in the Gaza Strip is bad. We just need to understand that this is not a good thing right now. Okay, innocent people are dying and being, uh, there's atrocities going on everywhere. So we need to pray right now that there would be peace, that there would be healing, uh, that God would move, that Jesus would be revealed to both sides in an incredible way. So let's lift up Israel right now. Jesus, we pray for Israel. We pray for the nation of Israel. We pray, God, for protection. We pray for covering. We pray the blood of Jesus would just pour out over uh, the nation of, of Israel right now. We pray for the Palestinians as well. And we pray for the innocent. And we just believe right now that You will move, God, to bring protection, to bring peace in the Middle East. Uh, Lord, we just pray in Jesus' Name that God, that God, you would be able to drive the forces of those terrorist groups back. And we just pray right now in Jesus' Name that God, there would be resolve in this conflict, that people will come to Christ, that God, there would be revelation of Jesus, revelation of Jesus in, the, in both sides, in Israel, Lord, for the Palestinians, for all those around. We pray for the revelation of Christ, that people will come to Jesus. And we believe, God, for protection, for covering, for the move of your mighty hand over this whole situation. And we pray for it right now in Jesus mighty name we believe for your hand God your hand to be on this situation in Jesus name and everyone says amen thank you church you can be seated today I want to encourage you to continue to pray uh, for that whole conflict over there and believe God that there would be peace over that whole Middle East area I mean with all the nations there people need Jesus amen so we're going to keep praying for that and, uh, you know, I'm very, very excited, church, that uh, we have baptism, baptisms post the service today. And uh, we have got 10 people getting water baptized. Let's give Jesus a clap for that. Praise God. That is so, so good. You know, there's, there's things that as a pastor, I, I absolutely love that just move my heart incredibly. And I gotta say, baptism is up there. Uh, when we see people take their next steps in the waters of baptism with Christ, to say, God, I wanna, I wanna give my whole life over to You in fullness, in front of family and friends, in front of my local church. You know, there is a power to this. And uh, I just wanna honour all 10 of you that are getting water baptised today. You are legends. What a great step you're taking today. And and, uh, and also to all the families that have come to support either your child or a family member as well. It's great to have you with us this morning as well. But it is going to be incredible. And I want to encourage all of us, let's all stay back. As Pastor Nick said earlier, 15 minutes after the service, let's all stay back, grab your hot dog or whatever you're going to grab for food. And let's come out the side here and let's celebrate as a church family together as we do water baptisms for these people, which is awesome. Well, we're going to continue this uh, series we're on called Living in the Light. 
and uh, it's all about the book of Ephesians. We're diving into the book of Ephesians. We've gone through chapter one and chapter two. Now today, I'm actually gonna be diving into chapter four. It doesn't mean we're gonna miss chapter three or we're skipping over it uh, because we're actually gonna do chapter three in our life groups. Uh, this week, uh, Kerry Genja writes up our life groups, does a great job there, our notes there. Uh, but we're gonna be diving into chapter three in our life groups this week. And I wanna encourage anyone, if you're not in a life group, Get in a life group today. Uh, just jump on that QR code on the seat, on the sticker in front of you. Uh, we'd love to help you find a life group because there's one suited just for you. We're gonna be diving into those this week as well. But you know, how many know the Word of God is living and is powerful? The Word, we need the Word of God in our lives. And the Word of God renews our thoughts. It renews our inner world, our inner man, as the Word of God teaches us. And our mind and our thoughts, you know, when it talks about the mind and it talks about the heart in Scripture, it actually talks about the whole inner man. So sometimes when it speaks of the heart, speaks of the mind, speaks of a united inner person. Okay, that in that inner life, we are being formed, we are being changed, we are being transformed by the Holy Spirit and the renewal of our mind. And I, wanna, I want you to know today that the Word of God is powerful for all of our lives. And I believe that today in the world we live in, that it is, it is so easy to get a hold of the Bible today. It's so easy. Who, who's got the Version Bible app? The YouVersion Bible app is so, so good. Now there's many other Bible app, apps, Blue, Blue Letter Bible. There's all sorts of good apps that are out there, but you can have it on your phone and you can literally every morning on my phone is the YouVersion Bible app. I jump in, right now I'm going through 1 Samuel and I'm going through that and Ephesians as well because we're going through Ephesians, but I'm jumping through both. And, uh, and, and I, I love that, that as I jump in there, there is a power to the Word and what it's speaking to our lives every single day of our lives. So this whole series is about us as a church diving into a book of the Bible together. Now we are one church in two locations. We have our Innisfo location and our Calandra, and we're both doing this together. So all of us are jumping into the Bible together, going through Ephesians. And I wanna encourage you, let it speak to your life. Let it bring transformation and change to your world. So let's dive into chapter four. Ephesians 4, 1 to 6 says this, Therefore I, this is Paul speaking, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because, you, because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the, for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Awesome. How powerful is this? Now, I love that Paul dives into chapter 4 and one of the key things he's trying to get us to know is that there is a unity in the body, the body of Christ. If you are a guest today, that's what a lot of uh, Jesus and, and Paul the Apostle and Peter, they refer to the, the church as being the body of Christ. And we are the body of Christ. Many members coming together, joined and knit together through the Lordship of Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we come together in unity. And there is a unity 
in the body of Christ. We find that through the Holy Spirit. Now, when Paul is writing to the Ephesian church, he is writing to a group of people that have come together from all sorts of different backgrounds. They are they're Gentiles and Jews. They're all sorts of different nationalities and races of people. They have come together to be this whole body together that are learning and growing in Christ as a community of believers. And see, we see here that Paul, as he writes to the Jews and the Gentiles, he is writing also to the Jews to let them know that everything that you've been taught in the Old Covenant, because the Old Mosaic Covenant taught them to separate themselves from everybody else. Okay, they were a new, unique people. They were God's people. They were consecrated away from the rest of the world to be God's people. And so they never did life with other Gentiles. They never ate with them, barely. They wouldn't touch them. They wouldn't go really do life together. Now we have Jesus who came and the gospel that He brought through His death and resurrection meant that not only the Jews, but every single person in this world has access to become a part of the family of God. Every single one of us. And so we see as we are joined together and brought to this faith in Christ, that we are now unified together, Jew and Gentile, no matter what your background, what your story has been, we come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He is the one who unites us. And so as Paul is speaking, he's saying, hey, to the Jews, you need to be able to open up your heart to now uh, welcome everybody else in who's adopted now into the family of God. For all of the Gentiles, you need to open your heart to come and do life with anyone Jewish or anyone who's different from your culture or your background and you're coming together and what unites us is Jesus. He is the one who unites us as Lord on the throne and He brings us together as one people. So we look at this and we can see that this message that was written over 2,000 years ago, how many know it's still relevant today? I want you to know today that, that something that Paul is speaking into is still something that we wrestle with today. Unity is something that is a, a big deal even today in our culture for the church worldwide. It is something that we all wrestle with. And therefore it is so key as Paul is writing this to come back to the things that really matter and help us on the journey of being unified under Christ. And it's so key today. How many know today that we don't just stumble into unity? You don't just kind of happen into unity. I don't think anything just happens without intentionality. That's why I don't believe in evolution. I believe we were created by a loving, amazing God and we are made in God's image and we were intentionally designed, okay? I don't think things just happen. Things have intentionality. And it's the same with unity. When we come together as God's people, we are united because we're intentional about it. We are doing the things that matter that help us to be a people that come together as the body of Christ with giftedness and all sorts of diversities of gifts. We've got diversities of backgrounds, but we come together under Christ and it's through the Holy Spirit that we are united. We come together. And I love that this is what Jesus actually said about unity. This was His intention for His church. 
says in John 17, 20 to 21, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through this message. So that's all of us, isn't it? I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I want you to hold on to that just for a moment right now. See, Jesus is praying to the Father and praying, I pray that everyone now who follows me will believe and be unified as one people. I pray that everyone from this point on that comes on and finds faith in me, Father, through my salvation gospel message and through my death and resurrection, will know that they can come into this family into unity with, with, with the Son, the Father and the Holy Spirit coming together as the body. I pray for unity. And here's the clincher. Here's one of the key things that Jesus says. He says this, And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Think about that for a moment. When we are in unity as the church, what we are doing right now, gathered as the church, worshiping together, communing in the Word of God together, sopping together. We're gonna, you know, there's this fellowship that's taking place here. When we're doing this right now, it is actually sending a message to the world that Jesus is real, that Jesus came over 2,000 years ago, that He is the Son of God, that He did die on a Roman cross, that He was risen from the dead and our faith in Him is real. That is the message that we are sending to the world. When we gather as the believers together, the message is evangelistic. It is about lifting up Jesus, showing the world around us, this God, He is real. Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He wasn't just, you know, a good teacher or a good man who lived back there in those days. No, He is real. And the Bible shows us He's risen from the dead. He is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven and He will return one day. This is our faith. This is our hope. But this is the message that we bring to the world. What a great vision that it gives us of why we need to be intentional in our unity. What a great vision because the world is in chaos at the moment. There's all sorts of crazy things going on in our world right now and our world needs Jesus. And what Jesus prayed for us this day, back then and now, it's still a prayer He's praying, is that we would be one. We would be unified so that we can show the world that Jesus is the Son of God. That's why He wants us unified. So that is a great vision and intentionality to live our lives by. Paul says it this way, live worthy of your calling. Live to the calling of God over your life. Live worthy of it. Take steps to change and develop and live the way that God has called us to live. How many know right across this auditorium, people online today, we all have a calling from God. We all have a purpose and calling, but that calling is meant to be done in unity and community with others. I know this is that the gifts on my life, they're good and I'm thankful for them, but they're enhanced and so much better when they're done in community, when they're done together. That's when our giftedness shines 
And that's when God is attracted by His presence to, to just pour out His blessing and pour out His life on the church working together. Because it says this promise in Psalm 133 verse 3, it says, where there is unity, God commands the blessing. The blessing. There is unity on the body of Christ working together as one people. You know, with this worthy calling, Paul says these three things. He says, this will help us to walk in unity. The first thing is this, be humble. How many know humility is a choice, isn't it? It's easy to be prideful or entitled, but it takes a lot more work to be humble. A lot more intentionality to actually be humble and, 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 and do the things that kind of help others rather than just the self. And humility takes intentionality. And it doesn't mean that you're lesser. It just means that you're lifting Jesus up first and you're lifting up the other first as well. And in that, God makes sure that we get lifted up. See, the humble get elevated because God's grace is attracted to a humble spirit and humble heart. And when we are humble in moments that the Spirit leads, then it is so important that it will build and helps to cultivate unity in any team, in the church, in any workplace, wherever we are when we come with a humble spirit. So Paul says, be humble. He says, be gentle. Wow. I mean, I talk to my boys as they've been growing up. You know, gentleness was not something they were born with. I mean, they get into, sometimes they're wrestling each other and they're just like, you know, whacking and it gets a bit fired up and brothers, you know, and it's like, and, and mum steps in because mum, you know, come on, calm down, you know, and it's like, you know, it, it, be gentle, be kind to one another, speak well to one another. And our kids, when they do that, they're in unity together. And I love seeing that. But I think when we look at this, I mean, what does it mean to be gentle? What does it mean to be gentle? That means, hey, control your anger. Control harsh words from your mouth. Control the way you speak about others, the way you write about others on social media, the way you interact with other people. The gentleness is actually inviting a better spirit into that situation. Hey, let's be conscious and mindful of the way we're interacting with others because even our social media interactions will have an effect on another person. And we need to be conscious in saying, Lord, I'm not only being gentle when I'm face to face with someone and being mindful of the way I'm interacting, but I'm doing it in all things that I do in life. I'm building a spirit of peace in those situations, which leads to the, to the last one there. It says, remain patient as well. Man, how many know, I mean, we live in a culture today. We want things yesterday, don't we? I mean, patience is kind of, when I'm praying for the, for the fruit of the Spirit, how many patience and self-control? They're always at the bottom. I mean, love, joy, peace. I mean, let's go through them. And you get to, and it's always patience and self-control. Why? Because the ones you've got to work on the most, isn't it? They're the ones we've got to come back to the most and get right in our lives. It says remain patient. You know, you know what I've found with patience? Is when the Holy Spirit leads you to be patient in any moment, you know what you're doing? You're inviting the Holy Spirit to then come in and fix that situation on your behalf. You're inviting the Holy Spirit to come and move on people's hearts, people's minds, people's lives. You're inviting Him. Hey, you can be patient in waiting on the Lord and waiting with the good Spirit. It doesn't mean you, act, you don't act when the Lord leads. It doesn't mean you don't act on the moments that you're meant to. We need to be swift when the Lord calls us to be swift. But we need to be patient when the Lord calls us to be patient. How many know it's not just 
what I think is best. It's what the Spirit leads, isn't it? And see, intentionality in unity isn't just me thinking about doing this and acting on this. It's just actually having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. As the Bible says this in Romans 8.14, it says those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Now think about that. Those who are guided and led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. And the world, all of Romans 8, is about the rising of the children of God, the sons and daughters of God, to come into the promises that God has for us. Even though the world is broken, it's corrupted because of sin, but there is a hope through Jesus Christ and His people that are showing to the world that you can know this hope through Jesus as well. And so the heart of this is really coming back and saying, Lord, I wanna let you lead me every day. If I wanna be intentional in being unified with my brothers and sisters, unified in my home, unified in my marriage, unified with the church, unified in, in, in the call of God, I wanna make sure that I'm letting you lead Holy Spirit. So I really believe there are three things that help with this is that the leadership of the Holy Spirit means we need a prayer life. We need to be praying. One thing I find is hard to hear the Holy Spirit if you're so clouded with all the voices that are going on in this life. We need to take moments daily in our lives where we are getting into the presence of God and we're tuning in our ears to hear the Holy Spirit. To, to really know that, okay, what are you leading today, Lord? What are you leading in these choices? What are you leading in these decisions so that I can make these choices in your will? The second is we need the Word of God. This is what this whole series is about. The Word of God is truth. Everyone say truth. It is truth. When we're struggling to find what is truth, we just got to come back to the Bible. Come back to the Word of God. What do I do in this situation? Come back to the Word of God. What does the truth of the Word of God speak to us? And we're going to come back to that truth. And the third thing is the accountability of, of the community of believers together. Coming together as the church together, walking in life groups, walking in church life together, being here in the house of God, doing ministry together, serving together. There is a power that helps bring out the will of God as we do this together. It's the community of believers on mission for the sake of the world. Who believes that today? So those three things, they help us on this journey of yes, being humble, remaining patient, living by the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness, all those things, they need to come out of our lives because they are the virtues and the values of the Spirit of God working in our lives. Who believes unity is important today? I believe it's a, it's a worthy vision. It's a worthy calling for the sake of what God wants for the sake of this world. Our world needs Jesus. It needs it more than ever. And, and God is, is praying, Jesus is praying for us that we would be united as the ecclesia, the church together, amen. The second key thing is about living in the light. Ephesians 4, 21 to 24 says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on a new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. See, Paul goes 
and speaks to the journey of what we have found in Christ. Now, I want to just take this moment to speak to anyone getting water baptized today. This is the life that you are coming into. You've been saved already. You've accepted Jesus into your life. But what Paul is speaking of here as well is a life that's fully devoted to Jesus Christ. Going in the waters of baptism saying that, Lord, I know this is a signifying moment, a, 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 a real transformational moment. As I go down in the waters of baptism, then my old sin nature, that where my life was, was connected to that sin nature and it ruled my life, it dies in the waters of baptism. So this is what Romans 6 teaches us, is that as you go down in the waters of baptism, the sinful nature is then connected to the death in Christ. So Jesus died for our sins. He took the wages of that sin, took the price of the cross in those waters. Then it is connected then with the death of Christ at the cross. But as we raise up into new life in Jesus, then we are raised and we identify with the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. We come into a new life spiritually where no longer sin dictates our lives. We are not slaves to sin anymore, but we are now sons and daughters and children of God. We are coming up out of the waters of baptism and saying, Lord, I am Yours. I'm marked by the Holy Spirit. I am Yours for life. I have an eternity with You. Now, you, you have an eternity when you get saved. You're going to heaven. It doesn't mean that you don't go to heaven if you don't get water baptised. But one thing I found about getting water baptised is this is that this marks us every single day. And it's a statement to the world that says, I am His. I am His. And I wanna encourage us today. This is why we do this. We don't just do this statement as a traditional, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, ritualistic thing. This is very spiritual what's happening today. Very, very real very, very spiritual what's happening today. And I believe if you're gonna be saved, then go all the way. Don't just kind of be half-hearted and uh, I'm gonna add Jesus to my life. I remember, you know, there was a time I, 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 I had, a, had someone that, uh, he was a friend of mine. He saw a, a friend of his get saved and he was a Hindu, okay? And he got saved and he had many gods. He had millions of gods. And, 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 and in this journey of him finding Christ, you know, it took months of discipleship to get him to a point where he was like, you know what? Still got all these other things I'm kind of, God's I'm, I'm dealing with in my life. But, but Jesus is at the top. He's number one. He's number one. He's at the top. And, and, and a few more months of discipleship that went on got to the point where baptisms were coming up. And it got to this stage when, when he opened up his heart and he said, you know what? I'm gonna devote my life fully to Jesus Christ. And when he sat in that tank, in the waters of baptism, He made this statement. He said, Jesus is the one true God. He is the only God. And I will give my life to Him forever and ever. And, and then He gets water baptised. I said, man, that's life change. That's life change. And maybe, you know, there's a lot of things that do pull on our lives, you know, in this life. But in those waters of baptism is saying, I'm marked by the blood of Jesus. I, I, I'm walking this new life in Christ. I'm identified with the resurrection of Jesus. And that is the power of what anyone getting baptised today or anyone who's been water baptised. And even if you are thinking about it in your life, I encourage it's, it's the best decision you can make. 
It's an incredible choice to say, God, I'm going all the way, all the way with you, Jesus. So, so powerful. And you know, I think the beauty of this, as Paul really, you know, speaks about this is that the old sinful nature no longer dictates to our lives, okay? And he he says this in Ephesians, all right? He says, Ephesians 4, uh, 30, he says, Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. And what, what Paul is saying here, he's saying, hey, we have got a new life now so that we can let go of our old sinful nature. It doesn't mean we can't sin or we won't sin or won't make mistakes, but it means that sin is no longer God. It's no longer the one dictating terms in our lives, but now Jesus is through the Holy Spirit. And it's about living a life that has a greater purpose and a greater vision, a greater vision, a a vision that says, I wanna become like you, Jesus, in this life, in this life. I wanna walk with you, know the journey of sanctification. And Paul goes on to say in Ephesians 4, 31 to 32, he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. See, Paul, as he writes these words out, he's showing us and he's showing an Ephesian church that came from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of pagan worship and lifestyles. And they came in and they're like, how do I live for Jesus? What am I supposed to do? They got all their stuff, okay? And he has to write these books, these epistles. See, Paul in prison wrote 60% of the New Testament, all because he was in jail, all right? And we get blessed today because he had that, that moment of suffering in his walk with Christ means that we have the words of life that speak to us every day on how we can make great choices how we can choose every day and say, you know what, I wanna wanna live this life with Christ. I've let go of my old life. I've taken on this new life with Jesus. And this new life means that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour. We're a part of the family of God together. We're joined and knit together. We have gifts that we can add value to the life of the church and for the sake of the world around us. This is why we are united. This is why we live this life because our world needs Jesus today. Do you believe that today? Why don't we close our eyes this morning, just in this moment. I wanna ask if there's anyone here, if you do not know Jesus, maybe you've never said a prayer to accept Jesus into your life today. We wanna give you an opportunity where you can to pray a prayer with me in a few moments from now to say, Jesus, I accept you into my heart as my Saviour and my Lord. You know, today, I know there's, there's people here that maybe you've been walking your journey of life and you've wondered about God and you've wondered about what is this whole God thing, this Jesus thing, this church thing. And, uh, and maybe you've even struggled to even know whether God is real. But, but I wanna tell you today, we believe here, we know this, God is real. God did create everything you see and feel and touch in this life. Everything exists because of God. And we were placed here by design. We didn't just happen, we just kind of, come from some primordial soup. We were made, we were designed, we were made in the image of God. And that same God loves us so much that He was prepared to send His Son to die for us, 
to raise from the dead for us, all to give us salvation and life with God. We can know God in this life and have a relationship with Him. And I wanna encourage us today that God has a plan for each and every one of us today. And if you wanna know Jesus today, all you gotta do is just lift your hand. Lift your hand to say, I, I wanna know this Jesus. I wanna accept Jesus into my life. I wanna know Him as, as, as my Saviour, as my Lord from this moment forward. If that's you today, just raise your hand. Say yes to Jesus today. He loves you. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose for your life, a future. With God, this whole deal, this whole life, it makes sense. It makes sense. Thank you, I do see that hand. Thank you, that's wonderful. Are there others today that wanna say yes to Jesus today? Surrender your life to Jesus today. Just lift your hand. Say yes to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, that's wonderful. Just in this moment now, we're gonna pray this prayer together. And I'd love for you to repeat these words after me in this prayer of salvation. So let's pray it all together today. Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me, raising from the dead for me. Thank You for Your forgiveness of all my sins. I accept You today as my Saviour and my Lord from this day forward. I'm born again into Your kingdom and your family. Amen.